Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hey, it's Lori, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. Well, you may notice that I'm by myself today. My mom, Charlene, isn't with me. Unfortunately, she was in the hospital for a few days, so she's home and resting and getting her strength back, and she will be back with us again on future episodes. I still wanted you to get a great big Charlene blessing, and so today I want to share a Bible study with you that she did on the topic of God's faithfulness. Just a few days ago, I was talking with one of my sons and his fiance. I say one of my sons because as of this recording, three of my four kids are engaged to be married. We are having some exciting times over here in our family, and that's why we're letting Grandma Charlene rest up from this episode. She's trying to get in tip-top shape so she can be ready for all these weddings that we have coming up. Well, anyhow, I was talking to my son and his fiance about God's faithfulness, and they were sharing how it can be so easy to walk through a struggle and feel like we don't see God's faithfulness at work, when in reality, he is always working. We can go back in life and see many times where God has been faithful in the past. We need to understand that the enemy wants us to forget the goodness of God. He wants us to doubt our creator. I think that this talk that my mom gave to Rejoice Pompano Bible Study on the topic of faithfulness is going to encourage you today. I hope that it's a blessing and I hope that you will take notice of God's faithfulness all around you. My question to you is, is the Lord faithful to you right now? Do you feel that he is being faithful to you? Is he meeting you where you need him to help you? Well, I want to ask you another question while you're thinking about those answers. Are you being faithful to the Lord? Are you being faithful to the Lord? Because it's a two-way street. He created us to have a relationship with him. He created us for us to come to know him personally and to have an intimate relationship. And that is so important. And many of us have gotten so busy with different things in our life, our spouse, our marriage, children, career, sports, Facebook, Twitter, cell phone. All of a sudden, we sort of left God out of the mix. And you know where God wants to be? At the top. Everything comes underneath. So tonight, we're going to talk about God's faithfulness. But I've got those two questions. We know about God's faithfulness. We Have you seen God's faithfulness? Have you felt God's faithfulness? Have you had answer to prayers that you know that you know he answered. And then the next question to remind you is where are you? Where are you with the walk with the Lord? Are you being faithful? Are you doing all that he's knocking 
You're not listening. You're not getting it. I keep knocking at your heart's door, and you're not opening the door up and doing what I'm telling you to do. And that is where we need to examine our hearts tonight. We need to say, am I the delay? Am I the reason that I have not had answer to prayers? It could be. Now, let me tell you, there's many, many, many men and women here that were the are the standards, and they were given that information like Raquel, and suddenly they left. But there's many of, of us that have made mistakes in our marriage. Many. I divorced my spouse. I listened to the surveys. I listened to pastors and counselors saying, separate, get, get rid of him. He's not changing. He'll never change. Well, that's the devil's lie. And that is the devil's lie that if we would ever believe that, show me that in the Bible. Because God said, I came to seek and save the lost. He meant everyone. Now, we have a free will, but oh, God has a thousand different ways to get your free will to turn into that his plan and purpose for your life. A thousand. He probably has 10,000 or a million, and I don't even know about it because I haven't taken surveys. But anyway, I want you to understand the Lord is wanting your attention first in marriage restoration. Has he got your attention? From, I would say, from here, if you're here, he's got your attention. In fact, I would dare say that maybe in the middle of the night or, or whatever time it might have been, but most of the time when they find us, it's in the middle of the night, late at night, you're crying, having a bad time, and you type out marriage restoration or how do I get a divorce? You get us either way. Because we want to show you there's an alternative. The alternative is the altar. Getting on your knees and praying and not falling into a trap of let's just get a divorce and get on with my life in two, three, four, whatever. We don't want to do that. We want to do God's will, God's way. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And we want to seek the Lord and learn the awesome power of God's faithfulness. So I am studying and doing a word that we probably don't do a lot. I want you to know that God is faithful. So I want you to turn to Psalm 89 while I'm uh, talking to you, because I want you to start thinking while I'm talking, and I want you to say, have I seen one, one way of God's faithfulness since I started standing? And I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to ask for raising of hands in a minute, but I want you to think, have you seen 
the presence of God. Have you seen any sign that when you started praying or you realized you had marriage problems, you saw God intervene or maybe put a big billboard or whatever he has to do uh, to get your attention? Who did he bring into your life or who did you just happen to meet? that you haven't met for so long, and then all of a sudden, they ask about, how's your husband? How's your wife? And you have to say, when well, we're separated, we're divorced, and you know, oh, that happened to us, but we're restored. And that was God. That was God showing you, i got a plan and a purpose. You haven't thought of that, but I've got a plan and a purpose for you. So I want you to open your eyes tonight to see how awesome, powerful, sovereign, holy is our God. And he just happens to be talking to us. He, we are privileged and honored and blessed. And are we doing it enough? Pray with him. Pray to him. And you know what? Jesus is the right side, and, and he is praying for us all the time we're praying. And what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Be joyful, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Didn't like that one. But the first two were good. But those are all three go together. And it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. And we need to say, we want a breakthrough in our marriages, in our lives. Lord, change me, mold me, make me. Whatever you need to do to get me to be able to write a book and to, to speak more and give me more subjects or make a CD, Lord, you just give it to me. You speak to me. You know, I'm available. Well, that's sort of... I, I need to be more available. But the bottom line is, are you ready to really do what you need to do to have a breakthrough? And that is a sacrifice. I will tell you that right up front. There is no doubt about it. It is going to be a sacrifice because we have to crucify our sinful nature. We have to say no to the world no to the TV, no to the YouTube, no to the Facebook, no to everything, and put the Lord first. Psalm 89, let's go to verse 1 and 2. It says, I will sing of the Lord great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare your love stands firm forever that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I've sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The Lord, the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. 
He is more awesome than all who surround him. O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. Praise the Lord. Have you experienced God's faithfulness during your marriage problems? That was my first question. Now, can I see some hands? Have you experienced God's faithfulness as you've been standing? Have you had that? Has God revealed himself in some way, answered a prayer or whatever? Well, I'm going to say, yay, man, the Lord has done that to me. He really did it to me because I divorced my husband due to counsel, wise counsel, as it says. But you know what? I forgot one person else to, to ask. I forgot to, to not just take surveys. But I forgot to go to the Lord in prayer and seek his face. Now, I know that sounds funny now that you're in here and hearing me teach, but it wasn't funny then because I was very angry. Oh, anger. Ooh. You've probably heard some of my stories. Uh, you know how angry I was. And I was very uh, jealous and I was unforgiving. Uh, that's a few description words I can give you. But uh, where are you on all those? Now, I know I'm confessing my sins, but don't forget yours. Uh, uh, we, got to, we need to clean up you a little bit tonight, too. So how are you doing on your forgiveness? That's, we can start with that one. Are you turning the other cheek, going the extra mile? Are you really forgiving your spouse? Oh, why don't we add that other person on there, too, on that list? Because that other person, you think, may be the enemy, but they're not. It says in Ephesians 6, it's not flesh and blood. Do you know that scripture? Oh, may I ask you a question, because I have new people here tonight. Do you happen to put on the armor of God on you? Because if you don't, you're uh, naked outside in this world tonight. You are not being protected by God. And he tells us, Paul very clearly tells us in Ephesians 6, and if you need to be strong, if you're weary, you're tired, and you're just not doing very good, and you want to do it, it says, finally be strong in the Lord, Ephesians 6, 10. I'm only going to read that. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So we have to stand up and we have to fight the fight. And we have to be willing to pay the price of sacrificing and praying and not be mad at your husband or your wife or your children or be mad at the other people who maybe counseled them wrong, it doesn't matter. It matters now what you're doing and what you're going to be praying. Let me go on. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, here it is, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. This is about the enemy, okay? and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, you put on the armor of God. 
bell to truth, breastplate of righteousness, gospel of peace on our feet, helmet of salvation, and lift up the shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, breastplate of righteousness, holiness. Okay, and then lift up the shield of faith, and then the sword of the spirit. Now, we've got a tank all around us, but we must use wisdom and knowledge and understanding and discernment to be good prayer warriors and intercessors. And if we want our spouses home, we have to get serious about praying and not just for when they come home. Are you ready to fight the fight? You need to fight. Are you ready to fight the fight? Okay, you know, we want to be serious. So anyway, put on the armor of God, and then he's going to give you strategy. And how does he give you strategy? God speaks to you. It is imperative that you learn to tune your ears into the Holy Spirit's voice. And he does have a voice. He does speak to us. And I did not know that. So you know what, when I was, after I divorced my husband, I said, I can't hear you, God. I cannot hear you. I made a mess of my life, and I've divorced my husband, and now I am bleeding to death because I realize I shouldn't have done it, and because the pain is so bad, why am I hurting? Because I got rid of him, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But our kids were missing their dad, and I knew I had made a mistake. I knew. I didn't know what to do except cry. So I did that until God sent somebody to speak to, uh, to me at church. That's how God, you, you will learn that. But God does speak to you in so many ways, so many ways. And I'm telling you, it's awesome how God speaks to us. And that's the most important thing that I would suggest tonight is that you learn and want to hear the Lord's direction, to turn to the right or turn to the left. That is what it, the Lord is telling us. He will reveal that to us. And if we do everything our way, it's not going to work. And, and we're going to fall and we're going to fail. It's Isaiah 30, verse 19. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. That's us tonight. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity, amen, we all can raise our hand. Water of affliction, we could raise our hands. Your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Then you will defile your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold. You will throw away like a minstrel cloth and say to them, away with you. Who and what is your idol? I talked about it earlier. What is your idol? Throw it away. If you, I don't mean literally, maybe, but may ask God what he means. What is an idol that has come and blocked your relationship, your time with the Lord? Now, I can tell you, he stomps on me just as much as he stomps on you because he requires more of me than he does of you. 
So I want you to understand that God wants you to know and wants you to hear his voice. Isaiah 30 is very, very important. And write down Jeremiah 33.3. That's an extra one for you. My prayer tonight is regardless of what your spouse is threatening or if you're divorced, you will experience God's faithfulness and understand that you can walk through these deep waters. You can go through this fire. You can do all that you need to do because the Lord God is with you. The Holy Spirit, when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the greatest counselor, is living inside you. So our, our, the, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we need to treat our, our temple correctly. And that's where we have to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. How do you want to make it from day to day? How do you want to react to your trials and tribulations? How do you want to, re to react? We want to react by saying, Lord, help me. Lord, say the Lord first before you pick up the phone and call somebody. You know, this or before you text somebody, you do not do that. You don't go to the computer. You don't do Facebook. You get on your knees or find your prayer closet, the war room, and you get in that. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna break all the old habits of what we've been doing. Does that make sense? Do we not need to get serious about standing and have a battle plan? And the battle plan does not include others. It, you're going to have one or two prayer partners that really believe in marriage restoration. The rest are thinking you're a little bit crazy, cuckoo. And, uh, and they're thinking, wow, they are. That was a blessing that person left. You know, what are they doing? They want him to come home? She, they want her to come home? No way, you know. Well, guess what? God will speak to them at his own time. But you know what? When you get your marriage restored and you get to share it, and you get to share what God has done, they're going to remember the power of God. Because they're going to remember your circumstances. And that's when God gets the glory. And God wants the glory. And remember, when Joseph... All the circumstances that Joseph went through, he went through a lot of trials and tribulations for 13 years. But you know what? God gave him favor every single time. In fact, he got favor because he got yanked out of that hole and he didn't die in it. And then he got put into prison and the, and the head prisoner um, guard, whatever his name was, um, gave him favor and gave him over that. And then, he and then he kept telling his two friends, don't forget me when you go see the king. That didn't help. No, those two friends didn't care about him. Cared about me, me, and me. And all of a sudden, it goes on and on. And then he was so handsome and good-looking that the, um, the woman that was the wife 
of his, that was his boss, tried to uh, have an affair with him. That's a nice way of saying it. Chase him. And then she lied. But you know what? That's what the devil does. That's his name. He's the father of all lies. So I'm trying to say to you, when you go to Isaiah, uh, if you go to Genesis 50, that was one of the scriptures God gave me when I was standing. I love Joseph. God really spoke to me to, about Joseph, all the circumstances. And it says his brothers thought they were once now that father had died, they were going to kill him. But the brothers came in verse 16, uh, 18, I'm sorry, in Genesis 50. But Joseph said to them, um, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me. But God intended it to, for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives and marriages. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke, spoke kindly to them. Is that not a praise report? That is a praise. Because read Genesis from 37 to 50. And... That, when you're ready to read a chapter a day of, of the Old Testament, start in Genesis. Awesome, awesome. You will learn so much. And you will see the hand of God. You will see God's faithfulness. You need to come to the point that, that God can speak to you and that he can speak to you about anything. Some of God's faithfulness is described as everlasting, he's stabilized, he's unfailing, he's infinite, he's great, and he's incomparable. That's God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness of descriptions. It says God's faithfulness is seen or manifested. He counsels. He's a covenant keeper. Deuteronomy 7.9. It says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. He also is faithful, keeps his covenant. He's forgiving sins. And let's go to 1 John 1, 9. In 1 John and Chapter 1, verse 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the, the truth. Now there's the first word. We need to pray for the truth to set your spouse free. We need to pray for God to speak to us and to tell us what his truth is for our marriage. So let me go over the meaning of faithful. Found in the American College Dictionary reads, strict or thorough in the performance of duty. Now listen to faithful. True to one's word, promises, vows. Now we're saying God is faithful. Then the next question I asked you, are you faithful? Are you, are you strict or thorough in the performance of duty? Are you true to one's word, promises, vows, 
full of or showing loyalty or fidelity that may be relied upon, trusted or believed, adhering or true to faith or, or, an, or an original, full of faith. Faithfulness or faithful is full of faith and it's believing. It is without doubt taking that doubt, that unbelief, and you're selling out to the Lord. The meaning of faithfulness from the world's Bible dictionary is the condition of being full of faith, believing. And then it says, let's go to Galatians, and I need to get moving. Galatians 5. Now, I go to this, and I keep teaching you out of Galatians 5, because if you will go there regularly or you will type it up or whatever, we need to crucify the sinful nature. We need to crucify the sinful nature in your spouse's heart and life, in your children's heart and life, and in, in our own heart and life. And in Galatians 5, verse 16, it says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That means you will not desire the sinful nature. Well, now we got to personalize it and pray for our spouses or children or lo additional loved ones or friends, co-workers. Pray for our nation. Pray for America. Pray for the churches. Pray for the sinful nature desires what is contrary for the sinful desire. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Hebrews 10, let's go to Hebrews 10. If you want to flip to it, you can join me. Otherwise, we're just going to go there. It's just two verses, 22 and 23. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10 is a scripture that you can put your husband's or wife's name in it and you can say, that have their hearts sprinkled to cleanse them from guilty conscience. Or add some more words in that, that you want to personalize that scripture. You need to uh, know what it is. Nelson's 3-in-1 reference companion Bible says, Faithfulness is making faith a living reality in one's life. Is it really alive in you? Are you living? Are you understanding um, that, that there is faithfulness and that your, your husband or your wife, you're praying in faith and believing and God is faithful to answer your prayers if we even fine-tune them and, and have a strategy of praying precisely. And, and it's like laser right on to them, dropping that bomb right where you need that mountain to explode. In Exodus 34, 
4 to 7, and he went up to God and had a time where he wrote this second command, the Ten Commandments a second time. And in verse 6, he said, and God, and this is referring to God, and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. We need to understand throughout the Bible, as you read it, you will see God's faithfulness and you will see him also angry at sin. And there's consequences to sin. Moses did not get to see the promised land, nor did the original ones that crossed the Red Sea. In the book of Joshua, God showed his faithfulness to his people to take them into the promised land that flowed with milk and honey. <clears throat> but God was faithful to his promises for the children. I am telling you, I want you to examine your hearts and your mind. In Proverbs 16, 5 to 7, the Lord detests the proud of heart. Be sure of this, Proverbs 16, 5 to 7. They will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Psalm 91, verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. I am trying to say to you, God is faithful. Do you believe in his faithfulness? Will you be faithful to him also? Those are my two questions. Because I've proved the case throughout the Bible. I can take you to, from Genesis to Revelation. I can talk to you about Paul and Peter and Mary. They were faithful men and women. And that is what we have to decide. Are we going to try to live a secret life? Are we going to squeeze in reading the word of God? Are we going to squeeze in praying? Or are we going to join God's army and fight the fight and pray for people that we don't even know personally? We need to get serious about praying for others I am saying, what idol have you put in front of God tonight? What idol? What is more important than God? I'm stomping on toes tonight because we want our spouses home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. We even want them home just for dinner or just for Christmas Eve. We want our family together as a whole. It looks impossible right now. But with God, nothing is impossible. And that is where I'm, I'm pleading with you tonight to get serious about standing and praying. Not standing, praying. Reading God's word. 
Are you faithful? What's your answer? Don't tell me. Let the Holy Spirit tell you. Ask him. And may you ask him, help me to break all the bad habits. Help me to find the time. Help me to have enough energy to be able to do what I need to do. Because I don't have time. I don't even know where I could even fit it in. I understand. But I know God says, I will show you. You call me. You talk to me. You get in the car and we'll talk in the car. But I want you. And put in a CD of the Bible and listen to it on the way back home. Talk to him and listen. Stop the CD and say, wow, that was a powerful scripture. You've got to choose. We have a choice every day to be faithful to your Lord and to your beloved spouse and children. Are we being faithful or are we spewing? Are we telling everybody all about what our spouses are doing or what our kids are doing? If you want to tell them to pray and you've got, you're serious, you don't have to give a lot of details, then do that. But don't spew the garbage. And I'm going to close with 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's one I think you ought to write down. I ought to pray about it. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. That's what I want. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, Lord God, thank you, thank you for tonight. Thank you that we can laugh and we can cry and we can pray and we can say, Lord, help us, help us, help us. Lord, I worship you and praise your holy name. And I thank you that you are going to remove the blinders, the scales that are on our spouses, our children's eyes that they cannot see. Lord, we ask that you will open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God to receive forgiveness of their sins and be sanctified in faith with you. And Father God, I pray that you will take all the circumstances that every one of our spouses or our standards are facing, and I pray you will turn it around to good. And I pray that you will touch the ones that have waited the longest. And oh, Lord, I pray for the ones that have waited the longest, that you will have compassion on them. You will speak so loudly to them. You'll give them promises of God, and you will uh, speak to them louder than ever before, and they know that they know they've not been forgotten. And you're going to move the mountains of circumstances in their heart and life. And Lord, we'll just give you the praise and the glory for your faithfulness that you are so faithful to us. You are so awesome. And Lord, I pray now that these people who are saying, Lord, I need to open my eyes to your faithfulness. Reveal yourself to me. May you do it tonight and tomorrow and the next day forever. In Jesus' precious holy name, I pray. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.